0: And welcome to another Round the Rotary podcast with me, your host, J.P. Warren, and uh, thank you all for joining us today. And we're recording this on uh, March uh, 1st, uh, 2021. What's oil today? What's I do oil? my best not to check it. Let's ch- Let's check this out real quick. All right, as of this morning, oil was at $62.57, which it. is a 30% increase from where it was. Okay, all right. So usually when I record, the reason why I did that, uh, we had a Nina Spencer on here, and she's like, it's funny, every time I listen to your podcast, you always see the price of oil. And whenever it's released, um, I, I like seeing the changes. Oh, there you that. go. So it's uh, it's funny, like we recorded hers, it was like fifty. Two or something like that. Released, it was already at sixty. So, anyway, it's kind of interesting. So, anyway, with with us in the studio. Actually, before we kicked off, I got to say that Round the River Podcast is brought to you by Capital Petroleum Consultants (CPC), specialized in project engineering and well site supervision in all disciplines of the oil and gas industry. Contact us through www.capitalpatrollingconsultants.com to see what CPC can do for you today. And find us on uh, Instagram or or wherever, or YouTube or wherever. Kind of uh, like, subscribe, leave a review, tell us what you think. And with us in the studio, we have a man wearing many, many different hats. Uh, uh, A buddy of mine, uh, Riley Norris, who is the technical technical sales, right, right. for uh, Patriot Drilling Services. Yes, sir. And a brand ambassador for Socorro Tequila. That's right. And... A con- this is a great title. We just talked about this. Is the the concept
1: integration consultant for Gulf Coast Graphene? That's right. So how are you doing today, man? Doing good. Did you have a good week. Staying busy. Very. What did uh, you get into? My son had a baseball parade to kick off the season, and then a basketball game, and then straight back for a baseball game. Full weekend. Huh? <laughs> oh man, I'm coaching both too. Man, that's kind of, I'm kind of glad my daughter's not. She's only seven, but it's sure. like, man, if she'd gotten into sports, she wouldn't follow me because it's like, eh, I really don't do that. Yeah, I, no. <laughs> my not, daughter's seven, too. She's in dance. She's got a competition in Fort Worth this weekend, got a dance in Biloxi in a few months. It's Oh, that's like oh, serious. Man, my calendar stays packed. <laughs> that's a lot of traveling, dude. That's I, that's what's funny is like growing up in Connecticut,
0: You I don't remember hearing about like all these like traveling, dance, or whatever. It's like, it was always like in Connecticut, which is like 30 minutes you can get anywhere in Connecticut. So it's like, you hear parents like traveling like eight
1: hours for this or, you know, seven hours for, it's it's it's, oh, it's, yeah. it's it's a commitment oh i had a, a a good friend of mine whose son plays select baseball and went to pennsylvania for a tournament and they played a team from baytown are you kidding? I was like you went to pennsylvania to play a team from baytown he's like man i don't know that I makes sense explain it.
0: <laughs> that makes well, it, it sounds like the government's planning that it's like yeah. makes no sense <laughs> that's right whatsoever so anyway man why don't you guys uh kicked off <laughs> thanks for coming in the studio today man and you brought we're gonna get into this later you brought sure. you brought two little goodies you brought a uh, socorro that's tequila right. uh, Anejo
1: That's right. um,
0: which is a cool looking bottle man I love yeah, I love this sure. and obviously we're going to post a little uh we'll give this a little plug when it's launched there you go and you also bought some uh some uh, gun oil
1: Gun oil, bolt and barrel, graphene infused lubricants. Which you are the uh, concept integration consultant. But we're going to. Well, get that's into- yeah, that's one of the many things under Gulf Coast Graphene. But yeah, that's kind of a little brainchild of it. Okay, yeah. all right. Well, hey, we're going to get into that, but cool. right now let's 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 get in your background right now and and then
0: I kind of want to kind of pivot that and kind of when you start to kind of get into diversifying your, sure. your sales
1: experience and kind of get into this other stuff. So kick us off, brother. Yep. Uh, so I spent a number of years in the restaurant industry. Right. Um, okay. Out Which, of high school. Where are you always- from? I'm from Houston, born okay. and raised. Yep, northwest Houston. You ever been to the horse track?
0: Yeah. The same Houston yeah. horse track? Yeah.
1: I grew up a couple miles from there. Okay. Yeah. I went to Jersey Village High School. Out of that was doing some you know, some college part time, could never really figure out what I wanted to do. Right. Uh, was working in the bar and restaurant industry. So which resta- which, which Houston restaurants? So I, I was at Berry Hill. Which um, Berry Hill? Um, let's see. Buffalo, was it one of- Buffalo Speedway. Uh spent a little time at the Westheimer location, and then I, I actually moved to Austin before I got in the oil field and was working at the location out in Austin for a couple of years. Did you ever know my wife? She worked at the post-Oak uh, Berry Hill for a little bit before. I, I probably did. I mean, I I worked at Yaya Mary's also, okay. which is right next yeah, door. Yeah, okay. Right? All right. So, yeah, I was one of the many Houstonians that worked in the Papa Circuit for a while. Uh, really enjoyed it. Um, but as it goes with bartending, it's not really... Any kind of consistent... I get it. Right? So yep. uh, I had a friend of mine, Cody Baranowski, who's at D-Tech Rotary Cerebral now. Okay. He was working in the field for Ryan. You know how field hands are. They got a, they got a new truck. and. Yeah, you're seeing, you're seeing the toys. Yeah, and I was like, hey, uh, what you do, man? And he started telling me about MWD. I started learning a little bit. Uh, so how old were you when you learned about this? I was 22. Okay. Yeah, I was okay. 22. You know, at the time, no real ties to anything. I was living in Austin. Um, got in touch with Leem got on a got on an opportunity and headed to the haynesville so what was it so was i mean i understand so you just got
0: in touch with this this random company lame and is that the company your buddy worked for
1: yeah at the time yeah he was at ryan then he went to Leam. okay um they were hiring trainees and it was one of those things where as an mwd field hand when you first start out they tell you like don't plan on seeing home for the next six months right i think Mm -hmm. in the first six months i had like i don't know five or six days off right okay um went and were you, enjoy, were you
0: enjoying that i mean it's, it's, it's oh yeah I it seems like the schedule from going like a bartender or working the restaurant industry to uh to being in the field for whatever
1: however long that is you know sure. for you know five days at home yeah exactly
0: so how, how was that shift for you
1: i mean it was it was different you know when you're 22 and 23 it's obviously fun being out and about but when you're learning a a, a trade you notice the the trade off of it, you're actually learning a career and you're growing right, and progressing. Right. And and I spent a lot of time in the middle of nowhere. It was kind of boring. Fighting just, off the boredom was the hardest part. So it was yeah. just
0: it was just one. I mean, I get it, man. It was I did, there, whenever you're kind of a remote location, it is kind of it's it's fun, but it also gets pretty boring.
1: Oh, it's that and MWDs. <laughs> unfortunately, it's a lot of sitting. Okay, you know, because like you you rig up your equipment, you're in front of your computer, you're making sure things don't go wrong, and a, a lot of times, what can go wrong that can. Kill is a laptop crashes or something simple something like, that. like that. Something you can't prevent, but a lot of your time is spent sitting at the desk, making you know, watching EDR and gamma logs and stuff. That's really not a whole lot of fun.
0: <laughs> so you're 23 years old. You're out in the field for the for excellent amount of time, but but it's also you're right. It's the time to do it. You know, like oh, for sure, no wife, no kids. It's, it's it's just one of those things. That's now's the time to spend the time.
1: Oh exactly. And I was you know my first 48 hours in the field was. I was up, rigging up, rigging down, okay. wirelining in, learning, right? Because yeah. they're telling you, you, you want you to see everything. And, you know, the first forty hours, I'm like, what have I gotten myself into? <laughs> there's, that, there's that oh shit moment that, <laughs> that hits oh shit you. Are like, you sure I wanted to do this? Yeah. You know, I was so green. I, I walked up to my first, my first rig floor with, they told me to stop by this hardware store and get FRs. And they got these Trinidad seafoam green FRs that don't have a stain on them, steel-toed boots, never been scuffed, icy white hard hat. And we're walking up to the rig floor. And my lead hand, Billy Turner, he goes, hey, man, they're going to know you're new. Grab scuff that grab that hard hat and throw it in the dirt. Yeah, <laughs> scuff it up. I, I wore it all out, smeared some grease on my FRs, and I get up there, and we're doing our very first BHA, and I'm just in awe, right? I have no idea what's going on. It's Motor. loud, it's big, oh, man, it's, it's for sure. a lot of moving parts. The basic thing they tell you when you're when you're the worm is just don't stand in front of the yeah. drillers chair, right? Yeah. And uh Billy says to me he's like just stay out of the way, you'll be all right. I was like, "All right, cool, just watch in, trying to I take notes the learn. way is." Exa- yeah, exactly. Motor man comes up to me He says, "Hey man, let me ask you a question." I go, "Let me stop you right there. I don't know. <laughs> Whatever you're about to ask me, I don't have the answer. I'm just out here trying to learn." He's like, "All right, you will be all right. Just stay out the way." <laughs> yeah. Stay out of the way. I don't know where that is. Yeah, yeah. I'm hope I'm hope I'm there. Yeah. Went from that straight to South Texas, then up to the Panhandle, then to West Texas, then okay. to back over to Oklahoma, back to South Texas, you know. So you're
0: seeing a lot of, so you're going, you're seeing a lot of crews, you're seeing a oh, lot of different sure.
1: drill, drilling rigs. I mean, mm-hmm. so this is a real good, so how
0: long, how long, I guess, were you out in the field before, you guess, you transitioned uh, into your next role?
1: So I was, uh, I was in the field for LEAM a little over a year, I would say. Okay. And then uh, I was, I, I. Kind of interim was a training manager for some of the new hires. I would do like a quick two day boot camp where okay. they go out to their first rig, and then that transitioned over a couple months into a coordinating position. I was an MWD coordinator over the Eagle projects okay. for. That's kind of be a cool
0: experience, though. I mean, to 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 be on the field for you know less than a year, and the next thing you know, you're kind of doing this boot camp for new hires. You know what I mean? So you you've been in those shoes not that long ago. You know what they're feeling, what they're facing. So that's I, I would say this. How was that experience for you?
1: Oh, it was great. Yeah? Uh, that was one of uh, one of the things I enjoyed the most about um, one being a coordinator and two training was giving people that same opportunity that I got getting out of whatever they were doing before. You know, I was when I was doing some part-time school, I wanted to be a basketball coach. That's what I wanted to do since okay. I was in junior high. I wanted to coach basketball. Basketball. I loved, I loved basketball. Okay. I played AAU around Houston, big basketball Okay. Guy. And then I get out to the field, like my second job, I work with a guy who was an ex-baseball coach in the Klein area. And he's like, oh, yeah, you're not going to coach. You're going to stick to this. And I was like, no, like I'm planning on saving up some money. This is my, my interim. I, yeah, yeah. And he was like, nope. He's like, dude, I coached for twenty years, and here I am. I promise you, you're not going back. And here I am, decade here you later. Are. Here you are. So he was right. <laughs> he was absolutely okay. right. All right. So so you're bouncing around. Yep. Yeah. But you get the opportunity to to teach people something that could, just like me, shift their entire career. Yeah. Path, you know. And and that was the beginning of me growing my network. Right. I met some great people that I'm still really close friends with. Billy Turner, one of them, I keep in touch with. Um, Nick Thayer, our uh, mwd manager at patriot he hired me on my very first job sent me out to a rig i was wearing i was wearing a gray suit like real dress real professional and he looks at me he's like you know you're going to a drilling rig right <laughs> like, i do now it's a nice suit and all but you have to leave that one to house i was like oh i know oh well, at least got that part figured out Uh, but yeah, Todd Turner, good friend of mine. So is this one of the things that you knew, like, did you understand the importance of an or or is this one, the one that you just
0: kind of start meeting people, start building relationships, become friends with all that stuff. I mean, that's kind of how I feel like how it graduates.
1: Oh, absolutely. Like you don't realize how, um, how small the oil field is specifically in directional drilling. You know, I still run into guys that I ran, I ran jobs with a decade ago. Yeah. I was on a drilling rig with this guy in South Texas, I ran into him now doing whatever else. You know, he was the mud engineer at this for this company, and I ran into him. You know, ten years later. Or it's whatever. funny watching how people so that you, small you first meet, kind of where they're at now, whether whether it's on the, the drone
0: side, the operator side, the mud side. It's it's, it's fun watching. I guess your your networks uh, careers
1: kind of evolve oh, with absolutely. you. Yeah. Okay. For sure. All right. I mean that, especially in technical sales or any kind of executive sales account management role keeping in touch with those people that you've known over the years is kind of the, the best thing you can do because yeah. you never know who ends up where. Yeah, that's right.
0: That's right. I there's mean there's a it,
1: number of M W D hands I see are now in drilling engineering roles, senior drilling engineer at wherever, I'm like, man, that guy was a night hand.
0: I remember that guy. <laughs> I remember yeah. That yeah. Guy. Didn't know shit. I remember yeah.
1: that guy. Yeah. <laughs> I remember that. Yeah. And now they're calling the shots.
0: So, but I mean that's kind of uh that's that's why it's important to I guess to to not only increase your network, but also stay in touch with them.
1: Oh absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. I mean I've, that's that's what got me here today. Was you know like we mentioned Daniel Lyle a good friend yeah, of mine. Yeah. Him and I ran jobs in East Texas for Phoenix and kept in touch over the years. Run into each other at events and then you know I know you guys are close too so. That's kind of how it always evolves. Oilfield's always small. It's only getting smaller, too. Oh, absolutely. It's,
0: I think especially not just because, you know, people are leaving the industry and all that stuff, but I think through whether it's social media, whether it's these podcasts, whether it's you see people like, oh, my God, this guy's connected to this person. I never knew that. I'm buddies with it. You know, it's it's, it's, it's interesting seeing how small the, the world is, especially with, with because before it's, you know, sitting in a golf cart, like, oh, you know this guy? Actually, yeah, I do. Now it's like, okay, and you can just kind of see on the social media platforms, whether it's LinkedIn or Instagram. Or Facebook on kind of who's connected to who. Oh you sure, know? yeah, absolutely. There's a
1: lot of mutual friends out there. Oh, and I told you I, uh, on LinkedIn, I messaged an engineer, ended up talking to him. Turns out we went to the same high school. Just as a small blue. world. Yeah, I had no, I didn't know each other. Didn't know anything. I Just told him part of town I was from. He's like, oh, hey, me too. Really? I mean, he lives in Midlands and drilling engineer. It's funny, and that's, that's just how it works. All right, so you're doing. So you're you're at Leam. You're at Leam. Then you then you hop over to the operations coordinator
0: over at uh, Phoenix Technology Service. So what do you think about that? Uh, that oh, it was the great.
1: They were. um Similar size company, I would say, okay. just uh, Phoenix is has more of an international presence. They've got, you know, they had jobs in Canada, Russia, okay. South America, you know. Did you get to travel? Anywhere? No, no, okay. I didn't. But I did get to um, try out some some newer tools. I got to run resistivity and, and learned a lot of stuff. Okay. They, were, they were a very technology-focused company. Okay. So I bet that was a nice little uh, introduction to newer technology in the industry. Oh, oh okay. it absolutely was. Yep. Um, I, was, I was there for a short time, transitioned over to Crescent, um, which is where... Um I met a lot of the people I know now at Patriot, Landon Lyons, who started Patriot, was one of the directional coordinators over the Hainesville. Okay. Okay. Landon and I became really close friends, stayed in touch over the years. Um I was in Oklahoma City all of twenty sixteen covering their MWD uh operations there in OKC. Really enjoyed my time up there. I underestimated Oklahoma City as a town. Dude, I've heard the same thing.
0: I've yeah. never been, but I've heard it's an unbelievable place to, to call on people to visit, and it's just a cool place.
1: Oh, Oklahoma City's a lot of fun. I didn't know that. Like, I didn't know that either. The only time I spent in Oklahoma was field jobs out in western mm-hmm. Oklahoma, and it was really cold and windy. And that was and your miserable. experience. And I was like, oh, man, I'm going up here. I don't know what to expect. I get up to OKC and loved it. Really? It was a great town. So how long you got there for? All of 2016, okay. pretty much. Yeah. Okay. Um, I was trying to push into uh, a sales role covering, because um, I got to know just some of the OKC network from being in operations up there and uh, was trying to push for kind of a half OKC, half Houston role. Okay. My kids were young at the time, but this is 2016 when you can't really so, where did you, so can't really argue your placement. So right? when, did you,
0: when did you meet your wife? Uh, I'm not married. Okay, you're not, no, so, not married. So when, did you, when were your kids
1: born? My daughter will be 8 in May. Eight my May. son will be 7 in August. Okay, August what? August 8th. Okay, my daughter's August 23rd. She'll be 8. Yeah. Okay. All right. So that's 20. okay. All right. So yeah. keep
0: keep 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 getting us there. Yeah, keep sure. Getting, so, so, yeah, the so, so
1: 2016 uh was just trying to get some more time back in Houston with okay. right, the kids was trying to move into a, into sales from operations. MWD coordinating is always on call. It's just a lot of time on the phone, not really a whole lot of time. Even when you're at the house, you're not really there. You're kind right. of half, you know, distracted. Um but couldn't get the pieces to fall into place. Made the move to wellbenders uh, to get, just to get back home be more time with the kids. Still in MWD operations. Uh, in 2018, good friend Steve Rumsey gave me an opportunity to switch over to sales. Um, they had brought on a new MWD manager, Larry Wright. And I said, hey, Larry, you know, I, I know you got a crew here. I'm going to go approach Steve about moving into sales. Steve said, hey, man, here's some cars. Have at it. And I really enjoyed it. Steve was, Steve was really great about teaching me the value of a good network. He said all those people you ran tools with, all those other companies you worked at, they're 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 your competition, but they're all your friends too. Okay. Which
0: is I mean, which is true out there. Oh, I mean, absolutely. you don't notice you don't that's the thing. That's the best part of the oil field too. I mean, it's it is small and there's such a mutual respect. So it doesn't matter, like, let's say I'm selling you get the job, it's like, I don't hate this guy. Like, uh, good for him. I wish I was in those shoes.
1: No, absolutely. And and there's there's gonna be circumstances where you may not be the right fit for the project. Right. But I wanna know who gets it Yeah, because if they get out there and they can tell me this and that and the other about that particular area, acreage formation, they're going to give me a little drilling and tell, right? right? Or if they're having trouble or for some reason they think they might be removed from the job. I, I've, if, I, if, if I'm on a project and now I'm going to get run off, I want My friends to get it, yeah. They're gonna tell me if they had the same issue I did, yeah, right. No, I get that. I'm a, so so you went from
0: uh MWD operations coordinator for uh, three previous companies, and next thing you know, you're hopping in this. Is it your motivation to hop in sales?
1: Absolutely. I okay. reached out to Steve and I said, Man, I'm either gonna sell used cars or, or directional tools. What <laughs> what what about it drew you in? What, uh, I mean, I, I was in sales for a short time before I got in the oil field, like I spent a yeah. lot of time in the restaurant industry, I did about six to eight months, uh, cold calling attorneys for a software called legal match out of Austin. The software is really cool. It's like a, you make a profile for your case and, uh, attorneys can call you on it or whatever. Okay. But I had to cold call attorneys on the phone. How was that? It was brutal. It was awful. Um, attorneys, (laughs) attorneys want you to think that they're all rich. They all got to drive a Maserati, have really nice suits on, but they're struggling. Yeah. (laughs) Are they really? Unless you get some of those like suing coca-cola kind of like those (laughs) cases big cases i was calling on family law attorneys that are just basically having to deal with divorces and you know like they're they're in some rough interactions they're they're stressed and they're you know they're, they're waiting to get paid from people that are financing a divorce and going through that kind of stuff. So you, it wasn't so you actually enjoy doing these cold calls, uh, these attorneys. I do not hesitate on a cold call. Okay. And I, the same, the same way as today. I will pop, I mean, unfortunately today, cold calls get kind of frowned upon because everybody thinks you might be bringing in a virus. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> but, uh, no, I, 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 really enjoy jumping into sales. I told Steve when I, when I moved into sales from operations, I said, Hey man, look, I don't have a best friend who's a drone engineer. I can't promise anything in 90 days, but I, I am very good at effective messaging and understanding how to relay value to a client. If you can just give me a stack of cards, I'll go build a network. So what was a good luck.
0: I mean, that's a good question to ask, and you just kind of answered it, too, because I know there's a lot of people, whether they're an MWD operations coordinator, coordinator role or like a well-planning role, and they want to transition to, into sales. So I guess the advice that you would give these you know these people that do want to transition to sales from this role, which seems like a natural progression. I mean, you know everything about the product. Now it's time to speak to that product, to the customers. I mean, how would you advise people, I guess, to make that leap or
1: that step? How to transition from yeah. operation to sales. Yeah. Um, understanding that when you're talking to a client, your performance may not be the, the first thing that they want to know about. Okay. Oftentimes, that's what it is, right? Everybody – and every salesman will probably tell you this, that, that if you have a record run in Carnes County, you're going to blast it to everybody in Carnes County. You want everybody to know your performance, and that is paramount. That's the tip of the spear, right? Right. But trust – goes so much farther in this industry. They want to know who they're talking to. They want to know that you know the product, that's great. But they want to know that you're being upfront with them. How do you build that trust during times like this where you can't go And that was the hardest part for me when I started out in sales. Okay. I thought effective messaging was gonna was gonna get me in the door. Like it's a good product, you're gonna use it regardless. It's yeah, I can show you how we can add value, blah right. blah, blah blah. They don't know who you are why would, might, why, why, yeah, why would they trust? I don't know who you are. You could be lying to me. Yeah. I don't know if you're making that up or not. Right? Exactly. Um, building trust is a tough thing to do, but it starts with, "Hey, look, I know where I know where you're drilling. I know a little bit about the area. Let's just get a little bit time to chat, even if it's nowadays it's a Zoom call or whatever. Right. And then you just a lot of times is asking them what they want to know, or what they what they want to hear. You know, it's and. and we a lot of times want to be the the driver in the conversation. Here's right. what we can do, and here's everything that we've done, and here's our experience, here's our resume, here's everything that we've done. But a lot of times in the first couple minutes of a call, ask them, hey, what do you look for in a service provider? Right. What adds value to you? Because a lot of times you, might, you may find out that they've had some record runs in their area, but they don't like the way they're being billed, or they don't like a certain aspect of the personnel, nothing – So it's it's, it's finding
0: more information versus versus kind of tooting your own horn.
1: Exactly. So if you're moving into operations, don't just – you want to have data and be available and be ready and know those numbers, but that's not – the hook and bowl. You know what's interesting? I mean, obviously,
0: in, in, in sales, you've seen you and I have seen a lot of. Know, actually, everyone's seen probably a lot of different sales tactics, sales kind of approaches, and all that stuff. And it's 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 funny whenever someone starts immediately starts talking about work, you notice I mean, if you read the customer or you read whoever they're talking to, they, it kind of shuts down a little bit because it's like, okay, why is this person bragging so much about work? Why are they talking about what they can do? It's you're right. You need to have, I guess, that uh, the, that uh, relationship foundation first that sure. trust foundation before you start peeling off and saying what you can do what you can't do so i agree stay away from the work side of things discuss try to focus on the personal side of things what's driving this person what's keeping this guy's you know
1: bowl of rice full you know sure. so yeah and getting to know them as a person is is tough to do these days you can't really catch them on a breakfast run yep. like we mentioned earlier today yeah i mean hey i was I was king of the breakfast tacos for a little bit, you know. That was, was your go-to. Oh yeah, man, Liberty Taco. So once, <laughs> they make some great tacos. So once, I mean,
0: once that, I, once that kind of stopped in March. So wait, hold on. So before we get there, because you have a very interesting story uh, starting in March, and kind of not only how you sell, but also the other stuff that you kind of got into. So let's let's keep going. So you're at Wellbenders, gotten into sales, you're enjoying it, right? You're, absolutely. You're, you're leveraging your old networks. Oh, oh okay. Absolutely. Okay. So, when did you feel comfortable in sales? Uh,
1: I'm not sure. I still do. Okay, give uh, me both. Yeah, give me both, brother. Yeah, um, uh, every day, you know, you kind of like, am, am I doing this right? But uh, I feel like I kind of started to hit my stride at that one year mark. Yeah. I was confident um, in who I was talking to and and reading the room. Okay, that's that's tough for for guys in operations because let's say for instance I came from MWD, right? So I wasn't as confident talking about motors or well planning, right? but I knew that if I could catch an engineer who talked about, who knew a little bit about MWD, we could wrap a little bit and go on and have that conversation. But I was, I was pigeonholing myself in sales, right? I was, I was, I was sticking to, um, what I knew. What you were comfortable with. What I was comfortable okay. with. If you're, if you're transitioning into sales and specifically staying in your industry, be open about hearing out that customer because they may not really care about mwd if you're an mwd operations coordinator sure you can tell them about that might be data rates but really just what they want to know is is it going to stay in the hole it oh. might be important to you but not to them exactly okay exactly okay so if you go off on a tangent a lot of times you might get them to kind of they might glaze over a little bit and kind of stop listening look. to you i know i know that look a <laughs> lot they're, they're looking at the clock or they're checking their watch or not just rat.
0: customers but wife and everything like that the glaze
1: look when i'm trying to talk i get that i think we've all been there i think we've all been there yeah for sure yeah so uh Early last year, late 2019, um, I was working with uh, at, at Wellbenders and Sales. We had a guy in Oklahoma City named Brian Coy. Okay, good friend of mine to this day, uh, and he was uh, he was representing a couple of different product lines. Okay, um, Wellbenders being one of them. And I just started chatting a little bit about kind of how he's able to, you know, transition. You may have a good contact that trusts you, but his directional providers doing a great job, and there's no reason to change him out. So,
0: th- so, th- so this guy, th- your connection, this guy, he not only represented uh, kind of a, a, a independently your company, but also he had a, a, a big portfolio of different service providers that he was
1: kind of repping. Exactly. Okay, I'm with you. I'm exactly. With you. Right. So, and he he had that network to work and talk about different product lines and stuff that he could offer and introduce the right kind of people to the right places. Right. Right. I got interested in that kind of concept because there was I, I was running into similar things. You know, I would get to the point through my network engineers and, right. and, and and decision makers that were were great but they were like man you know we've got pretty good numbers we're drilling ahead, head on bottom i'm not going to make no change. reason to switch cool yep but i knew that transitioning to a different product was tougher within the industry because you get some there's some carryover where there could be opportunities where you kind of maybe a conflict of interest. Okay. I was like, well, you know, I'd like to branch out and have some things to do outside of the oil field. And this, when did you have this decision? This was late 2019. Okay. I met uh, some friends that have a shop near my neighborhood that manufacture uh, graphene coatings and graphene lubricants. Okay. I went by one day, just popped in and said, hey, what do you guys do here? And we started talking. They showed me some of the firearms they were working on. So they, do, they do stuff for downhole production. Um, they work with some some major, com- some major service companies okay. out there doing industrial coatings. And we just became friendly. I brought some tacos by there okay. actually in late 2019. I said, can y'all just show me a little bit about your, your, your company. We started chatting I said, Hey, y'all are, y'all are under some cool technology, some cool science. You mind if I bring some contacts by and we work something out? Okay. I said, Hey, here you go. Here's our portfolio. Here's some of our technical pamphlets, stuff like that. And so that was you doing this. That was you just saying, I, I kind of like this. I kind of jive with these people. I like what they have. So they're one of the few labs in Houston that are working on graphene sciences. Graphene is somewhat new, and it's kind of technical. I don't know. Tell me about it. I don't, yeah, I don't sure. know about so, uh, so graphene is uh, molecular graphite. Okay. So if you have a, a large cluster of graphene, it would be graphite, just like a pencil lead. If you grind up a pencil lead on this table, you can separate graphene from graphite. Okay. Graphene is a two-dimensional substance. Super, super small. A million times thinner than a human hair, right? Okay. Now, when suspended in a lubricant, what it does is it creates a it creates a sliding effect in okay. metal and metal surfaces. So, because it's two dimensional, because it's so thin, right? Can get in all those little nooks and crannies, right? What it does interesting in a firearm lubricant is, let's say you shoot semi-auto, all those contact points, it creates a barrier, so you're not actually getting the same metal fatigue. Okay, it just increased. There's a, layer, there's a layer of lu- lubricant on it. That's right. Okay, I'm with you. Graphene works like you've removed heavy furniture. You got those little sliding discs underneath it. Oh yeah, same concept. Yeah, I graphene. never, I never, I never positioned those correctly, and I was a up <laughs> scratching the floor. But I right. don't know what you're talking about. Yes, the graphene and lubricants do the same thing here.
0: Okay, okay. So you 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 identified this place. You start talking a little bit. You start jiving with
1: their culture a little bit. And you're like, exactly. hey, uh, do you mind if I start kind of pushing this a little bit? Sure. Yeah. Uh, got with a couple of friends. Uh, Ryan Moulton works with Gulf Coast Energy. Okay. Um, Sells diesel fuels. We partnered up with Bolt and Barrel. Started Bolt and Barrel in April of 2020. Okay, So which we right after. Uh, oh, absolutely. Lockdown. We had we had a lot of time at the house, so we started queuing up some Zoom calls talking about what we could do. Uh, Ryan was in special operations for Army Rangers, and he has a lot of okay. know, a lot of contacts in that industry and defense and firearms and stuff like that. He got us in front of some people we needed to talk to. I knew a little bit about the science and launched Bolt and Barrel. So how was that? I mean, so how was that? I guess you're calling on new new customers, new
0: uh, outside the realm of the oil and gas industry, which you've been in sales for now uh, since 2018. Uh, 18. Yeah. 2018. So right. now you're actually getting outside of your your usual n- zone, your comfort zone, your network, and calling on new people. Sure. So how'd you uh,
1: go on? But no, but but what's interesting is a lot of people in oil and gas like to shoot guns. Yeah, I guess. <laughs> I started I telling people about this product, and it's. Been a bit of a door opener. Yeah, some people will chat about it. Hey man, I saw you. I saw you on Facebook. mention Bolton Barrel. What is it? Tell me about it. Now bring them a sample. Try it out. You know, shoot semi-auto. Put it in your long guns. Whatever you like. And been getting great feedback okay. so far. All right, so that was April. And, but uh, but again, this is you know. Talk to this person a little bit about themselves before you start pushing your product. A lot of times I'll sit there for 30, 45 minutes talking about waterfowl or, you know, semi-auto, shooting pistols and stuff. And then they're like, oh, yeah, by the way, here's our program for the year. <laughs> here's how many wells we got slated. Yeah. Here's, you know, here's our whole sizes. You jump into it, right? But, uh, but yeah, it was, it was just kind of wanting something, wanting, else? Something, wanting something else to do with some free time. I mean, a lot of guys, you know, they may, they may be big golfers. They may be big woodworking, whatever. Right. Yeah. Everybody's got a hobby. Mine was just kind of like starting small businesses. Something okay. I want to do since I was a kid. I didn't really know how to do it. And this is the first time you've done this. First time I started Gulf Coast Graphene because really it was just like, and I, I posted it on LinkedIn and everybody was jumped to me. like, Hey, man, Julie Welbener is like, no man, I'm still at it's a great company. It's just something I wanted to try. I wasn't really sure which way I was going to go with it. Okay. Bolt and barrel was a, you know, brainchild of it. Right. But it was really just starting the conversation of, "Hey, here's what graphene is. Here's some things that it can do. Here's some of the stuff I'm doing. They do firearm coatings and stuff." Was it a complex stuff.
0: process for you to start your own? Uh, not that okay. I filed an
1: LLC, did the DBA, not that hard. Posted it on LinkedIn. That's it. That's it. Okay. All right. I've nice. had a number of people reach out just because I have graphene in the in the business name. They're like, "Hey, tell me about what you're doing," and I'll just shoot them some images and some some pamphlets and stuff and just opens the
0: conversation. So this is down. So I guess, so this is in April. So pretty much this is kind of when rig count went from, yeah, went yeah, from negative
1: oil price, all that stuff. thousand to two hundred rigs, negative oil
0: price, doom and gloom. LinkedIn's a, a graveyard, pretty much. Everyone losing their jobs, losing their positions, no fault to them, just our industry. Sure. So
1: you're like, okay, well, I'm kind of bored. I want to do something new. I'm going to pursue this. Right. I like right. that. Okay. So, I mean, and, in, and, in, and, in, Oil and gas, we've seen I'm sure you've seen a number of great salesmen that do a great job that lost their job for no fault of their own. Engineers, salesmen, HR, whoever it is. It, you could be doing everything right. Your your pipeline could be full and then come March of twenty twenty, it's empty and you because of Coronavirus. Well, you, infor- you know have well, infor- to have some kind well, of. Well, unfortunately, it
0: doesn't. And, and this is, and this is, I think that's, that's that I think uh, hopefully people understand too. It's like I, I had a conversation with a, with an engineer who got let go uh, a couple weeks ago, and uh we were talking all this stuff. It's like, yeah, you know, it's kind of embarrassing and did all this stuff. And I was like, well, time out, time out. At this day and age, you could be the best drill engineer out there. Right now. You could be a top performer or whether you're a salesman, engineer, whatever, and you get let go. That's just the nature of the beast right now. So oh, it's 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 very easy to say don't take it personal, but that's something that people need to you can't take it personal.
1: No, not at all. And and I and learning the structure of different operators, the drilling engineer may be the best drilling engineer on the market, but because of his finance guys and their their New York money decided, you know what, we're not gonna drill this year, so no hard feelings, but we don't have anything for you to do for the next twelve months, and it has nothing to reflect on how yeah. there was an employee. When we pick back up, we want you to be a part of this team. But yeah. right now, you know, we're we're tying our money up in other things. There's, you know, the drilling engineers, the project manager over the the downhole stuff, but they may not be involved in the the grand scheme of how that money's being spent, right? Yeah, you're it's right. No fault of theirs at and all. That's a, and that's the thing. That was, that was the conversation I had. It's like, man, you can't take it personal
0: right now. I mean, it's just it's just the nature of the beach right now,
1: and everyone yeah. understands. No, not at all. And, and interesting, you see a number of drilling engineers now that have side businesses too. Yeah, you are seeing that. And, and it, There's a know, lot of initials consulting or whatever. You're, you're
0: seeing that, and you're also seeing not just oil field, but you're also seeing a lot of people kind of do their own thing, like on the on the, on the the side. I guess whether you call it a COVID job or, or whatever it is right now, but it's like whether they're, they're doing construction, roof, in, uh pushing, you know, gun oil, whatever. Sure. It's, it's like there's, you're seeing them
1: kind of get created during times like this. Oh, the side hustle took off in 2020. I think it did, too. Well, because so many people were left with, uh, I, got, I got to do something, and you got free time. So you're running out of excuses. I know my projects around my house still sat there that I kept telling myself, when I get time, then I'm at home. I got all the time in the world. Still didn't do them. But <laughs> do you think you kind of reevaluated kind of what people
0: view as an important and not important or kind of like, do I keep on wanting to pursue this or do I kind of want to do something that's
1: more in my, my hobby, that's something that's more passionate about? Did you, did you see a shift in that at all? Oh, 100%. Yeah. And, and I think that um, if, if you can see some positives that came out of the lockdown or whatever yeah, we want yeah. to call it. Lockdown. Two weeks to stop it or whatever. Um flatten the curve to find. Flatten the curve, flatten the curve to find the cure. Yeah, sure. Um <laughs> buzz buzz phrases out there, so many of them. I know. Um uh, people started reevaluating certain things that that we were accustomed to accepting in the workplace, right? I know guys that live out in Willis that drive to downtown every single day. Yep. And then you and then they're at home for two weeks and they're like, man. I've been spending two and a half hours in my truck every single day. So I realize that. and that. And that's not typically associated to, to on-the-clock work time. But especially as a salesman, I do most of my calls while I'm on the road. Yep. I'm, I'm sitting here in traffic. I might as well buzz this engineer and see if he's in the office, right? Um, but operations guys don't have that same kind of – they may not have that same kind of process, right? If I don't have to spend two and a half hours a day in my truck and I can be at home – And work as efficient. And be just as efficient, and I think – if you if you've been to downtown Houston lately, it's still a ghost town. Yeah. There's going to be a lot of high-rises trying to figure out what to do with a lot I'll of square feet. I'll be very
0: curious to see how that how that landscape changes.
1: Commercial real estate's got to be very strange.
0: I mean, I think, you know, 6 years ago, 5 years ago if this happened, I mean, I I wouldn't be that worried about it, but I think through Everything, whether it's Zoom, Microsoft Teams, uh, sure. phone, well, you can get Wi-Fi on Mars right now. So I'm, I'm not I'm not too worried about people being productive. But that's the thing, that was like, you're right. People kind of were in the situation. It's like, man, I don't want to be in the car for two and a half hours each day. Right. That's you a, know? That's a, I enjoy hanging out with my kids. I, and I think it actually kind of reevaluated. I mean, I, you know, some people that I knew before were so p- focused on this is my next raise. This is my next promotion. Mm -hmm. I I need this promotion by this age. I want this, 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 you know, I want to make this much. I think once everything kind of, once, you know, uh, the the shit hit the fan and the dumpster fire started, I think uh, a lot of those people I'm talking to now kind of made them reevaluate what's important. It's like, you know, I'm making enough now. I'm fine with it. Or, you know, I I don't really want to keep stressing myself out in my family to get that next. So kind of, I think kind of humbled a lot of
1: people. Oh, absolutely. And, and like we were talking about the side hustles and the projects, I think people, want to be able to keep themselves busy. Yeah. You know, you can only sit at home so much. Right. And that was kind of how I, I grew the Gulf coast graphene concept was like, I want to have, it doesn't need to be something that blows up and I become a millionaire off of that'd be great. Yeah. But really I just want something that if for some reason um, I end up on the riff list, you know, and I'm laid off, I have something to keep me busy until the next something to focus on. Until, until the next, something to focus right. on and it's something to grow and it's mailbox money or whatever you want to call it. Right. But it's, it's diversifying, having something else to lean on. Okay. Know? And and a lot of times I'm the kind of person where if I try to do all of one thing straight through, I'm not going to be able to give it 100% because I'm going to get distracted. Yeah. So I kind of like having three different things to work on, a couple different projects. I'm, I'm a tinkerer too, right? If I'm working in my office, in my laptop, at my house, I'll get up and I'll go to my garage and I'll take apart a bicycle or something stupid to okay. kind of busy my hands for a little bit. And then usually when I'm out there in my garage or I'm, you know, doing something in the yard or whatever, messing with the dogs. I'll kind of, something will pop in my head. I'll go, Oh wait, you know what I should do? And I'll go back in, I'll reword an email or something. If I take, if I step out of the project for a little bit, give myself a little break. I usually have a little that's when when the creative juices start flowing. That's exactly right
0: right so this 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 pursuing the 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 uh, the, the the bolt and barrel the the graphing side of it, and then also we're about to get the tequila sure. but was this was this i mean i guess it was in March and April time frame was this out of boredom or was this more out of fear or was it a combination of both
1: no so i mean Gulf Coast graphene. Started by just me wanting to have something on the side. Okay. I, I'm, um, my dad ran his own small business through most of his career of a uh, graphic designer, actually around the corner from here. He had a shop off at of, like 19th. Okay. Yeah, it was cool. He was coming to the heights of my dad, and I was thought it was coming to a cool part of town. Now it's a um, it's, yeah, and his, and his dad, my granddad, had a couple of small businesses down in Victoria where they're from in South Texas. Okay. And my uncle, uh, he owns a a furniture supply company him and a partner and they always kind of had their own thing I was like man I want something of my own you know yeah um and just something to grow and just to do in my spare time it's also fun i mean cuz exactly cuz right now you you you're a patriot drilling services
0: and you and you get you have that name to kind of help you sell you know what i mean yeah. it's, it's it's a good name it's a no name and that's kind of cool i guess jumping into something kind of betting on yourself a little bit oh absolutely it kind of throws in a, a different uh, flavor in it you know kind of a different motivation
1: and it was uh, and and speaking of just like i said earlier about People in industry like guns. I did. I went to the OHH pistol shoot and passed out samples to the shooters. Okay. I was like, "Hey, everybody! I started this business. Try this out on your firearms." And everybody was really receptive, very friendly about it. Industry. It's, it's not like uh, I'm selling other motor parts on the right. side or something. You know, we not any kind of overlap. Yeah, right, yeah, right. yeah no, no all, just a
0: little side thing. So something for fun. So you're so you're, you're so when did this? So let's talk, let's talk. 4-0. Let's talk about Let's talk about your other side sure, hustle, which sure. is a little more, was interesting to me.
1: Right. So. Socorro tequila. Um, Looking at this beautiful bottle right yeah, now. Yeah, thank you. So check out that, that label. and I will highlight a couple things for you. Okay. The name Socorro uh, literally translates into aid, relief, and assistance. And if you see up here on the handle, or on the top, case for a case or caja por caja, for every case of tequila the company exports from Jalisco, yeah. we donate a case of bottled water to orphanages in the Jalisco state. Uh, okay. Potable water is a big shortage down there in the area. Um so uh, the two brand founders, Josh and Pablo, are ex-Southern Glazers guys that worked for a couple different brands and distributing, yeah. and Pablo was like the international market kind of lead for Southern Um, uh, They went down to Jalisco, spent about a year and a half visiting distilleries to try and find the right distiller that they wanted to work with. And while they're down there, they're having lunch at this you know little taqueria, and this girl walks up selling chiclets and pandulces and like yeah. little Mexican wares, and they're like, oh, what are you going to buy with the money? And she's like, I'm getting water for my school they learned about kind of the water shortage and the need. And they're like, Hey, this is a great opportunity for us to, to, to do something here. So if you see the, the label is the water, the helping hands Mm -hmm. and the agave. Yeah. Case for a case. Drink tequila, help others is our kind of catchphrase.
0: So, 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 so these guys are down there. They, they identified this, this need. They met with, they finally meet this, uh, this, this
1: one uh, distillery. That's right. Okay. Yep. So uh, this master distiller, he only works with about four brands. Um, This is a Los Altos tequila. So a lot of people that I've met, uh, as I'm sure if you notice a lot of your guests, we're all typically bourbon. Yes. Bourbon guys, right? Um, Bourbon, rum, and tequila. Bourbon, rum, and tequila. So uh, a lot of people don't know there's two main styles to tequila. Okay. There's Los Altos tequilas, and then there's Valley tequilas. So So Los Altos is higher. That's right. Okay. Yep, Your agave grows at a higher altitude. Now, when that agave grows at a higher altitude, the uh, pina or the main bulb of the agave plant gets sweeter notes to it. So okay. your Los Altos tequilas are going to be a little bit more vanilla-forward, sweeter flavors, and then your Valley tequilas are going to be more of a earthy, peppery kind of a bite tequila. Okay, just two different styles. It's a lot like space sides versus blended scotches. Yeah, some islands have... versus yeah. So, so which one is, is this? Uh, this is a Los Altos. Okay, tequila. nice, yeah, nice. Yeah. So. um, all three styles, twice distilled, two weeks rested before they bottle it. But what I what I really notice about this tequila that stands out, they aerate their tequila before they bottle it a lot, like red wine. So you get a lot of those harsh fumes out of the tequila. It's a very smooth, easy-sipping Ooh, tequila. okay. That Añejo I brought you is uh, is a big fan with a lot of my whiskey drinkers. Rich notes in it. You're going to get vanilla, yep. toffee, molasses. Yeah, um, a sweeter side. Man, so uh, I'm, I'm killing it right now with Añejo Old Fashions. You ever had a Carajillo? Talk to me. So Carajillo is uh, an espresso cocktail. Um, they sell this product line at Abuzi. Yeah. Go to Abuzi, ask for a Carajillo with... Socorro. Socorro. Tequila. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, great and coffee. For those that might want to... Let me wanna, see. You know. we're doing this at <laughs> 10.30
0: a.m. Let me see about that.
1: Yeah. Um, <laughs> But yeah, I met this brand through a friend of mine, uh, Ryan Townsend at Energy Tubulars. Okay. We're having a beer at D and T, one of my little local spots. Like well, a lot of my ex, Yaya Mary's and Berry Hill friends okay. that run D and T now. They um, they took it over. But we're there having a beer. I mentioned to him I'm been on a tequila kick. This is like June of 2020. Okay, when, when no one was allowed inside the restaurants, right. we're sitting on their patio. And he's uh, like, Hey, funny you mentioned that. A good friend of mine started a tequila brand based out of Dallas. And I said, Hey, let me see his email. I reached out to Josh Irving and said, hey, look, man, I met Ryan. Just want to talk a little bit about it. I had years in the Houston restaurant industry. Might be something fun to do on the side, nights and weekends, you know, and I got yeah. some free time. If I don't have my kids with me or whatever, I'll just give me a couple bottles and some business cards. I'll go down and see what meet can restaurants. Yeah, And a lot of what I do is I go to liquor stores, let the employees try it, teach them about Caja Por Caja, the name, the are they, styles. Are, are
0: they receptive to that? I guess. Uh, oh, absolutely. Okay. Okay.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Because I guess
0: they never know when they find their next big hit. Sure. their next big, uh,
1: okay. Yeah. I All mean, right. it's, uh, tequila's going through a bit of a renaissance right now, a lot like bourbon did in the last decade. A lot of people are coming out with yes. um, them. Get, you're getting new and new labels. You look at tequila shelves that used to be just... Cuervo, Patron, Heredero, right? That was kind of all they offered. Now the the line is all the way down the aisle at you know for tequila. Well, you're seeing a lot of
0: people. You're seeing this, and you're seeing um, I think uh, what's his name, Aaron Martinez with Wildcat. He has a tequila, and you also see The Rock, you know, introducing his tequila. So you're kind of seeing tequila kind of take a little uh, a main stage. You're right. The whole bourbon thing did blow up about you know five ten years ago, Mm -hmm.
1: and you are seeing tequila take more of a center stage now. Sure, sure. A a reason I started leaning on tequila uh Cody literally yeah sure Cody at uh, at D-Tech will vouch for this too all my friends call me the pass out artist because we go get together for a football game crack a couple of beers I'm about two beers in I'm usually on the couch like sleepy and dozy right yeah. but tequila's a little more light and refreshing I can kind of sip a cocktail and not get too so you're okay. Sloshed, Yeah. So, so, so you meet. But tequila, tequila as a as a spirit is naturally kind of light on your body. Um the sugars from agave are called agavins, and it creates such a different kind of Did you learn all about this like after you started becoming a brand uh, uh ambassador? Yeah, actually, man, I'm I'm a bit of a nerd. The same thing I did with graphene. Talk I hear about it. it. I Google it, YouTube it, and I'm just like I, I kind of tend to bite into it and I jump into something. My my quarantine I'm at home. I might as well figure out to do something with my hands. I tried to figure out how to build a bicycle. Built this custom road bike. Got it. Got graphene friction reduction coating on the on the drivetrain, dude. I, I nerd out, man. I nerd out. Pretty I like bad. that though. I like that though. So so, let's continue to walk me through this 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 process. And you met this guy up in Dallas. Sure, sure. So uh, met Josh and Pablo in Dallas. Had lunch with them. Um, told them a little bit about what I'm doing. Said, hey, I'm looking to grow my career to be, uh, you know, some non-competitive. Products that diverse, I represent, yeah. yeah, and just some stuff to do in my side time. Yeah, there's guys that are, you know, like I said, woodworking or whatever, just Whether, whatever hobby it is. Sure, yeah, I yeah. miss the hospitality industry. I okay. really enjoyed it, but it just wasn't consistent enough, especially when you're your father to two. You know, yeah, you kind of have have something a little more regular. Um, but you know, in nights and weekends, I still really enjoy going to restaurants. It's one of my favorite hobbies. I, love, I like to, I, love I like to try it. the new restaurants and meet the management. Hey, how'd you start this concept? And okay. Houston, Houston is really undervalued i mean people know that it's a great restaurant scene but there's a lot of people especially in our industry that i meet that get dropped here from other cities and they don't know that about houston where i used to live um off of westheimer every country in the world had a restaurant oh, within a mile was so good too. it was
0: awesome you can it's get fun. afghanistan food you can get french food i mean it's and it's legit
1: oh yeah yeah all of it and and I, I just enjoy doing that, even if um, I don't have anything to, to sell to them, right? <laughs> yeah. I just enjoy going to those places and learning about it. You're right next to one of my favorite spots, 8th Row Flint. Okay. I love that spot, All man. Right. That was That was one of the first things uh, I got onto was the ranch waters at 8th Row Flint. They use Sital. Have you had that? They use what? Sital. No. Sital. I'll tell you about this. This tell is something me. I learned. So Sital is a, uh, a cousin of the agave plant. Okay. It's more of a Texas-based agave-style plant, right? And it creates more of a... It's more of like a blanco tequila, just a little different flavor, right? Yeah, kind of like sour mash to bourbon or whatever, okay. right? Um, but try it out. It's it's there's a, a company out of Austin called Desert Door that makes this at all. That's pretty fun. Okay, yeah, all right. So so you, agave you, spirits. So you're me with them, and, and this seems like
0: something too that it might be uh, motivate you more to kind of uh, to, to to push as well because because it's a case for a case. Sure. You know, it's it's because there's such a good cause behind it as well.
1: Oh, absolutely. I mean, I, I reached out to this brand after I tried it. I was like, this is amazing. I learned about Case for a Case and just said, hey, I think you guys are, are building something really powerful here. I like to be a part of it. And, you know, I can't commit full time to you because I have a full time job at Patriot. Yeah. But here's a little bit about me. Here's my background, and I think that you guys have a, a a great product here. And they were like, "Hey, man, here's some cards. Anything you, you can help us on the side, we'll we'll work it out later." So, and so. it's just fun building a brand. Same thing with Bolt and Barrel. People, you know, like like you said, betting on yourself. Not not a known name. Yeah, you no, know, we don't. Socorro doesn't have a celebrity or a pro athlete that backs our product. Well, you after you get on this yeah, podcast. That's right. But it's all, I but thought it, we were going to have chicken
0: wings here today. What the show does. But it's the hot chicken wings. The spicy. I wouldn't mind doing something like that. That'll be actually a pretty funny <laughs> idea. But also, there's a little pride too. Whenever you're sitting there and you kind of hear someone order this or like, man, like God, that's. Uh, I probably had a little bit of part in that. There's a little pride in that. Oh, absolutely. Like. Yeah.
1: I mean, we um, when you get a placement somewhere. It's a placement, meaning you get onto the bar or like onto the cocktail menu. It's fun because you're going to get to see your friends that people enjoy it. They post a picture on Instagram of, hey, I'm having Socorro today or whatever, you know. And and the cold calls haven't been shut down in the restaurant industry. You know, the taco runs were popular in yeah. oil and gas forever. But, you know, as well as I do, you go into a place with a business card, you have effective messaging. You know you can do a great job for them, and they just don't. Just, they just get beat up by service companies. Oh, yeah. I don't want to hear it. You walk into a restaurant with a backpack full of tequila, you're just like, come Sit on down. in, buddy. Sit down. What you got for me today? <laughs> yeah.
0: So how that, has that been? I mean, that's, that was kind of the question that we had. I mean, so how's it like selling in a different industry? I mean, I know there's a lot of, uh, I mean,
1: what are the similarities or some of the, kind of some of the differences? Sure. I mean, uh, the, the difference is that it's not, as hard of a, it's not as hard of a no or a close. I'll tell you one thing, man. Houston and oilfield sales is like a shark tank. That's it, a that's a part you are saying you went to Dallas. That's a part of the reason I like going to other Dallas and Oklahoma City. There's not as many you service can get companies in. there. Yes, they don't get blasted all day, and I don't blame them, man. When yeah. I I mean, even when I was just a coordinator, I had guys would call on me, and I'm like. Not today, man. Sorry. Yeah, you know, no, I it no I hard it. feelings. It's season. it's a shark tank. I mean, you, yeah, absolutely. You know, you
0: hear about people. You know, when they when they used to call them people in Denver, Dallas, and Austin. It seems like it's a much more tight knit community because mm-hmm. you know, for every you know one JP, there's 500 other JPs calling the same person. Right. You know what I mean? With the same bullshit. Right. So it's, it's 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 kind of a shark tank here. So they're not saying no
1: to you. You are walking with some tequila, right? Okay, yeah. They're not saying no to you, and typically they're receptive. Um, I mean, tequila is popular right now, so yeah. if you can show them that you can, and this is where we branch into similarities. If you can show them, you can add some value, right? Because when you get a celebrity or a pro athlete behind your brand, that marketing cost makes your bottle costs go up a lot. But when you go in there and say, no, I just have really good juice in a small company, it'll be like, pour me a glass. You pour it up, tell them a little bit about Caja Por Caja, the name Socorro, the story behind it. They're usually like, okay, we can make this work. And then the easiest way to do it is I'll leave them with some of it and say, make yourself a couple cocktails. T- tell me which ones hit best and I'll follow up in a couple of days and I come back and they're like, hey man, we made this really great cocktail with St. Germain, Elderflower Liqueur and all yeah. this other stuff and... So people kind of get creative with it, which is kind absolutely of cool. the the old fashioned. I told you I do with that añejo, smoked old fashioned. It's got the cool like yeah. fumes coming off of it and stuff. Yeah.
0: That sounds really good, by the it's way, good, man. It's good. I know it's kind of
1: early, but mm. it sounds kind of tempting.
0: <laughs> so it's, it's so it's kind of one of those things too. And then I kind of see like there's there's been a push for whether these these more boutique distilleries, whether it's bourbon or whether it's tequila or whatever, it's gin. It's, there's more like a boutique feel. So I mean, oh absolutely. I feel like if you're coming in with a with a, with a petron or something like that, it's True. not going to get as much love
1: as when you come in there with something. A good and a small like distillery. Well you know? I mean the the phrase small batch, right? Yeah. Craft. Yeah, craft. The craft tequila, right? So yeah. the pinas and socorro are still roasted in traditional brick ovens. Um they're they you know, you go to mass produce certain things, you you lose a little bit of the charm. These are still Hand pulled agaves, hand chopped agaves, um, roasted in traditional brick ovens. They, they've got some real kind of family traditional stuff going on with this brand.
0: It's got to be cool, actually. Kind of, I guess, also not just selling something uh, completely different than what you normally sell, but it's also kind of cool. Probably, I, I would assume expanding your network outside the oil and gas industry.
1: Oh, for sure. That's that's been something I like. I said I missed just in the hospitality industry, yeah. right? Restaurants, bars, hotels, stuff like that. I, I enjoyed it. It just wasn't consistent to match up with my life at the time. Uh, but it's been fun just getting to know people. We meet some some great folks. I mean, working with management and landries and people that run. You know, so you Hotel Zaza so you're, you're, you're you're
0: you're going after the bigger accounts. Why not? Okay, I did. Okay. Oh man, is that a pain in the ass to try to get in front of those uh, those
1: people to talk about? I mean, few? they I mean they're busy too. So right. like, and they and they went through. A whirlwind in the pandemic, just like we did, right? Yeah. But it, it created an opportunity when, you know, even at fifty percent capacity, when restaurants start opening back up, they miss a bit of customer service. They get hit up by vendors all the time, too, right? But when you show up and you just ask them, "Hey, man, how's it been going? You know, I know you went through hell the last couple of months. How are you how are you guys doing?" They usually open up. They'll tell you, "Well, you know, this fifty percent capacity is kind of hurting us, but our patio's got good square footage, We're able to do this and that." And then just talking about how to drive some traffic their way, they usually sit down, they're listening to you. What are you seeing so-and-so restaurant doing? How are they doing over there? And they... Houston restaurant industry—they all know each other. It's a lot like oilfield So small, it's, all, it's a small network, but, but it's kind of the same approach, I would assume. it's,
0: it's going in there, listening to kind of what's going on with them. It's, it's understanding what's what's kind of affecting them in their day or day to day operations, and and kind of what uh, what they can improve on, and then just kind of offering
1: your what your knowledge on that, your expertise, and that kind of builds that trust. Absolutely, and and as I'm sure you know in CPC project management, right? Right. Knowledge. On site, right? Right. So one thing that really helps us in Bolton Barrel and Socorro, when I get a placement, so Bolton Barrel, I sell to gun stores, right? We're in Spring Guns and Ammo in Crosby. And you go in there and you ask them, what do you know about gun lubricants? They're like, well, I know that that one sells and that one doesn't. I'm like, all right, do you know the formula behind that? Typically, no. Right. You tell them a little bit about your science, why you use a particular formula, why graphene-infused lubricants are really effective. Your point of sale is gonna be your best salesman. So those bartenders that are gonna be behind the bar, and you go in there and order a drink, I'll have a whatever, whatever on the rocks. You're right. What you know? What I want them to do? Hey, man, you had Socorro? I make a really great añejo, old fashioned. You should try it. Or the bourbon drinkers, usually I get, I can switch them over pretty easily. No, that's, 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 a, that's a good point. Yeah, and, and and wine drinkers, they typically like uh, barrel aged stuff, 14 month age new American oak, and that's Socorro añejo right there. Bust it open. Give it a little whiff. I'm gonna give it a little whiff right now. Yeah, I'm man. Give a little whiff. That's that's such a cool, I guess,
0: I guess, a shift. You know what I mean? I mean it's 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 COVID. You kind of already have that bug to kind of get out there, kinda of diversify a little bit. And here you are, just kinda of out there now pushing directional
1: tequila and lubricant. Right. <laughs> it's been fun, man. It's ai uh, I'm I'm grateful for Patriot to understand what I was doing. They know that I'm I'm still grinding for them. That's my nine to five, right? And they're and, and they're cool with that? Oh, absolutely. I mean, I I, I told them I let them know what I was doing. Um, Ooh, this smells sweet. Yeah. Very. That smells really good. Yeah. Man. Vanilla forward. Yeah. The chocolate. And you it. smell the vanilla. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's good. Yeah. It's good. I it's, dig it. Yeah. No, I told, um, I mean, I told, I told Patriot what I was trying to do. Um, I joined Patriot. having known these guys for a long time since our days at Crescent. Yeah. They're, they're one of the top Haynesville drillers for sure. Without a doubt. I joined them for that reason. We saw through through COVID East Texas having the least rig variance in the market. Haynesville stayed pretty steady as yeah. far as rig count. I saw that opportunity. I know they were in a great product. We acquired the Crescent Entity back in September. So we're operating over 300 motors, enough equipment to service 60 to 70 rigs. We consolidated four or five different shops into our Houston shop here on the Beltway. We'll have us a crawfish boil here soon. You come out and check out the shop. I'm
0: fine with that. Yeah, man, we got
1: we got several breakouts. We got enough kids to service most of North America right now.
0: Hey, you tell me when and where, and I'll be there. Yeah, man, I'll definitely be there. So we're coming on about you know 53 minutes about this, I kind of want to talk to you about something that I've been uh, uh, that I've noticed. You know that uh, we kind of uh, uh, speak the same speak the same talk when it comes to this, the whole us versus them uh, oh, right. bullshit. But I kind of wanted to ask you what stereotype, I guess, would you would you wish kind of debunk about I guess the oil and gas industry uh, uh, today. Or, or, the, or the, yeah, the oil and gas industry.
1: Well, sure. Like like I had mentioned to you before, what I said on Collins LinkedIn post about people that don't know the oil and gas industry, for one, we don't hate the planet. Yeah. I want to reiterate that. We we, we are in a, a space of providing energy, and you look at operators, they're doing the same thing. They're looking at opportunities for renewables and stuff like that. We're not against that. No, We're just continuing to do our jobs as best we can, um, but majority of us like to are outdoorsmen yes. or outdoors women, you know, care about the environment. we care about the environment. We, uh, we give to CCA. We, we do functions that raise money for the environment. We're, we're not against that. We're just, uh, we like to hunt, fish, hike, do all types of stuff. We, we care for the environment. Right. That's, that's a little ridiculous. And that, I think that there tends to be a very patronizing view of our, or, camp polarizing polarizing with camp a, yeah it's like yeah. it's like you're either you're either this or that yeah and that's that's so unhealthy but, the, but then again, in the is,
0: world but that's how it is i feel like with everything today whether it's uh uh you know yeti whether it's you know chick-fil-a whether it's uh starbucks whether it's whatever you, it's, it's either you like it it's either you're you completely it's it's either black or white there's no sure. there's no shades of gray which is it's, it's very polarizing you have to choose a camp about everything
1: about everything, and it's like there there is a, a middle ground, and it's it's obviously very popular in politics too. Yeah, there is a there is a large majority of us that align more center than Facebook will have you believe. Facebook, yeah, Facebook will and, and LinkedIn will have you thinking that you're either left or you're right, and, and if and if you're, you're in the middle and, and if you're in the middle, you're wrong. Yeah, and it, it, you or, need or, to choose a side. That's right. That's right. Because winner takes all. Yeah, in this country, and unfortunately. You end up with a lot of finger-pointing of people to blame. And you're, not, and you're not solving anything. You're not solving anything. You're sitting here as playing referee. You're blame-shifting. You're blame-shifting. Oh, it's, oh, we're doing this because of Republicans. Or we're doing this because of Democrats. It's nonstop. It's nonstop. N- nonstop. And you see, I, I, don't, I don't like to glorify any celebrity. Right. It drives me nuts when, they, when people take everything that they say as fact. Right. And this, politicians are politicians, every single one of them it's full, like of, full shit. of shit full of shit all full of shit all every of them. single one of them yeah. every single one of them if you go through their twitter feed you'll find something that contradicts the last thing they said 2 days ago and yeah. it's like come on man stop don't don't it doesn't matter if you're any republican or democrat in my opinion i mean they're all full of shit 100% yeah that's exactly how i feel and it's it's so it's tiring being in this middle ground kind of because i try to shed light to each side i got a very a bunch of very liberal friends that think we're all out to destroy the planet and I'm like, well, no, man. I mean, somebody's got to charge your Tesla too, man. You know, but like, that's we're, a, we're happy to do that. We're, we're. But that's the thing, though. I feel like a lot of those people that are, you know, again, this is the whole
0: uh, camp, camp, the fossil fuels versus renewables. Man, it's not like that. We coexist. We have coexist. and we're continuing to coexist. So Absolutely. let's stop kind of digging our heels in and because we're going to, we still need to provide energy, efficient, affordable energy to people out there. So right. let's stop acting like it's black or white. Like if, uh, you know, if, if a wind turbine goes up, that's X number of oil and gas jobs. That's not necessarily true true. No. The population is getting bigger. We need more sources of energy to for this population. Right. right? A- absolutely. So it's it's the whole, the camp, the camp, like this versus that, fossils versus renewables. And it's, 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 it's exhausting, but that's good that you have those, you know, liberal friends. I have liberal friends, too, because think about it. If they're so anti oil fuel and all that stuff and all you're going to do is meet them with hostility and like, oh, you're an idiot because dude, how'd you get here today? It's like, man, you need to have those healthy conversations with people. So they understand like, okay, well, maybe the oil and gas industry isn't how it's portrayed like it is in the movies or mainstream media or how what they were in the 1980s. Sure. They're not paying for the sins of their fathers and mothers. You know right, what I mean?
1: Right. And I mean, I think a lot of times they, that an easy target for any kind of negative press is big oil, but the yeah. same thing can be said for big data who sells your personal information to Amen. whoever, right. Or big, Pharma, Pharma, big ag, anything. Yeah. Any big anything is an easy target, Insurance, right? Whatever. Right. But the person who works for that industry, who's providing a living for his family, isn't a villain. They're not out to get you for anything. They're out to do their job. Yeah. They find themselves. Provide for the families. Provide for the job. families and be a person, a productive member of society. Yeah. Um, and I don't know enough about you know the, the way our industry economy works, but- if there's enough renewables out there that stabilizes oil between sixty to hundred, and we stay steady like this instead of this, I'm, I'm fine. Bring it, because those peaks and valleys in the past, you know, ten years have been a Boom lot and sharper. Bust is what
0: makes people get laid off, exactly. And if it's more stable with with, with other sources of energy, I'm all for that.
1: I I, I agree. Completely. I think I think a large majority of us do. Yeah, a, a lot of people in industry are like minded, like you and I, having the same conversation, but. It it hasn't happened. We find ourselves in this middle ground of like trying to play referee between two wildly different sides of the of the of the conversation. You, know, you have one arguing with
0: emotions and all these stories and you have the other arguing with just data. Right. You know, facts and statistics. And and the da- the facts and statistics, which, you know, kind of is more oil and gas, like, Oh, you like that water bottle. That's Hydrocarbon. Right. You like that watch that's hydrocarbons Look, that's important all of stuff, but you're also not you're also pushing this camp farther away from you. Just like when you post something on Facebook about why your camp's right, you're you're not making other people see your life like, Oh shit, this guy's right. I never thought of it that way. Sure. If anything, you're put you're you're polarizing them apart more.
1: Oh, absolutely. Yeah. And and I think Facebook's a terrible environment. Oh, it's for, horrible for, <laughs> because because there's such an audience when you're on there that it, that if you try to say something against a meme, not or even data, not even against, if you have an opinion, if you have an opinion, if you have an opinion, they think you're arguing with them. And I'm like, hey, whoa, man, whoa, yeah. I'm just saying, look at the other side of the coin, you know, or like look at look across the fence a little bit. That doesn't necessarily mean that this person's wrong and you're right. I saw it's one, I saw
0: I saw one post you did. You're you, you're like, hey, look. Tired of the, the 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 all the battles and all the stuff. Like, hey, let's be kind of be neutral. And then people arguing about you being neutral, right? right. Like, Why <laughs> pick a side? You are like, I don't need to pick a yeah. side. It's, it's uh, my coffee. I don't yeah. give a shit. Yeah, yeah. It, it keeps me awake. It, yeah. Whatever it was, it was like I don't need to pick a side. Like this thing keeps my drink cold. I don't need to agree. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like it's it's okay.
1: I think if you go looking for, uh, looking to align your your products and your everyday life with whatever fits. Your personal narrative, political narrative. It's going to be a lonely road. Yeah, <laughs> you're struggling to find stuff. You're cutting out a lot of potential customers right <laughs> yeah. there. A lot. Yeah, if you choose one side of everything, then you're going to have a hard time finding anything. But
0: but I think that's a great point. I mean, these are just conversations, and it's not. Even, it's just framing the conversations a little bit differently. It, it's it's kind of it's okay if someone disagrees with you. It's not going to take away from anything. It's and, and it opens up to have these conversations like, yes, you have a Tesla, but let's talk about that Tesla. It's sure. not as, it's not, you know, uh, you know, angels and unicorns that's running off of it's right. actual. So it's important to have those uh, relationships with people that do disagree with you, but you can still engage in conversations and still be friends with them.
1: Oh, absolutely. And look at what happened in us the last couple of weeks with the freeze, that it just re-sparked a political debate. Yeah, It was just chaos. And I, and I knew it when I was like, well, this freeze happened. I was like, here we go.
0: Yeah, everything failed. Here
1: we go. Everything yeah. failed. Everything did. Yeah. And it's, uh man, it's so frustrating to to feel like you're just watching an argument. Like, you, ever, you ever been in a room where two people are arguing, they're talking over each other, and you're just, like, wanting to put your headphones on and, like, tune them out?
0: So it's like the one with idiosyncrasy.
1: You know what I mean? It's just
0: like, you guys aren't, it's you're bringing us back you know right. what i mean yeah so yeah, if anything agree. that should highlight that we need more sources of energy versus oh wind farms failed or
1: you know the pipes yeah. froze everything shut down everyone hit the sh- everything hit the shit oh absolutely and i don't think it i, I don't think anybody's uh, making progress if you point a finger at somebody else and this is this is how i feel about a lot of things man look the firearms industry people that that are pro gun control don't want to hear when um, uh, someone in the two A industry, Second Amendment industry, says, you know, hey, no, look, there's majority of the people that purchase firearms at gun stores and go to the shooting range and you know pop off a couple of mags on the weekend. They're responsible gun owners. Yeah. They they protect their equipment.
0: Yeah, they're they're responsible. They're responsible gun owners. Gun yes. hunters,
1: but they but people don't like to hear that when they're pushing a. An argument, the emotional fear based argument, right? And the, and the opposite is true when they say, well, everybody's trying to take our guns. Like, I don't think they're trying to do that. They're just trying to make sure that guns don't end up in the wrong hands. And of course, this is a debate that I can't handle. I can't cure this problem. But if you don't sit down at the table in the middle, and this goes for any debate in the world of anything, if you don't sit down in the middle and give and take a little bit and compromise, you're going to continue to point fingers and get nowhere, nowhere nowhere and it's exhausting because you watch this cycle of this same argument happening on thousands of topics out there and people just refuse to give a little bit because they feel like they're losing it's just like it's just like what i've said about this whole you know f- uh,
0: fossil fuels versus renewables and all that stuff it's not one of those things where it's like we need to bully ourselves that uh, there's, we don't have two separate tables it's an energy table okay we don't need to bully our way at that table it's one of those things where we needed to come and say hey look we belong at this table, we've been at this table longer than y'all, so let's talk about this. Sure. You know, versus gripping on to, you know, the oil and gas and fossil fuels, like, no, let's, we're here, we're necessary, whether you like it or not, so let's just have the conversations right now.
1: No, absolutely. Let's discuss it together. And and it's, you know. Stop villainizing us. Uh, Exactly, and they, they, I think people that are against oil and gas like to you know, point to other countries that may be able to, like Costa Rica. Yeah. Oh, Costa Rica's running on windmills. Well, Costa Rica doesn't have nearly the population Exa- that Houston has. Or does. infrastructure. Exactly. Yeah, Right. So it's like that's not, that's not apples to apples. Like if you're going to keep driving to work every day, you need to understand that this is a needed industry. And sit here and, and sit down at the table and talk. And they don't like to see the the reality the or, or the the charitable environmental work that operators do, big oil and gas companies do it all the time. They 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 build they schools, fund, build schools, project uh uh run cleanup projects around Dude, the you drive, country.
0: You drive through South Texas and all that stuff. So if you see some of these new brand new high schools like that are built, they're beautiful, pristine, and all that stuff. That's a guarantee it was tenfold better than what was there, you know, five ten years ago.
1: Oh, absolutely, yeah, absolutely. And they it, but that's. If, if you're if you're digging your heels in, like you said, and you're picking an enemy, you don't want to see the good that's coming out of it. Yeah. But if you do, you probably find yourself in that middle ground and at that table compromising understanding everybody's trying to exist together. We're all pushing the same and concept those, here. Those, those, for those everyone, conversations are
0: you know? more, uh, more productive than people know. But unfortunately, this, this, this world we live in, it's very us versus them, you versus me, my beliefs versus your beliefs. And if your beliefs kind of are different than mine then you're the you're wrong you're an idiot no absolutely you're a cuck you're a cuck you're a, cuck. That,
1: that, that got popular in the last year right very popular yeah, you're drinking the kool-aid and you're an idiot and yeah you're you don't know cuck. as much as i do there's no way you could possibly understand anything i have to say shit like,
0: man there's enough disagreements going on out there there's enough this for that. Like, you gotta have conversations you know because obviously what's happened the past four or five years and all that stuff through social media and all that, it's not helping anything
1: sure we're not no, getting I, I, we're not getting anywhere no, I mean, I'm I'm not one to dive into politics at every opportunity. I, I do my best to avoid it. I hate politics. But if it comes up, I'm going to share my opinion. Sure. Yeah. I mean, I'm, and I, I I welcome everybody else to just when you're having that conversation, keep your ears open and accept things that you agree with and talk about the things you don't. Don't just... Disagree. Tune them out and disagree. Yeah. That doesn't get anywhere. That doesn't progress anything. Frame the conversation. Exactly. Frame a little bit better.
0: So is there anything else you'd like to bring up uh, with us today? Man, I don't think so. I appreciate you having me on. Oh, Riley, man. Again, everyone, this is Riley Norris, the tech, technical sales uh, uh, at, at Patriot Drilling Services, the brand ambassador at Socorro Tequila, and the Gulf Coast Graphene Concept Integration Consultant. First off, man, loved hearing your story, but I also loved hearing about the kind of the, the, the other stuff that drives you, the, uh, the, the side hustles, you know, that you're betting on yourself, and just the fact you just – finding something cool to go with whether it's a, a gun lubricant or whether it's a bottle of tequila that gives back to the community it's cool man I, I enjoy hearing how it different it's different but similar in sales in different industries and i just live here in your story and your outlook about sitting the sitting around the table and and it's it's okay to people disagree with you man i, I appreciate you coming on obviously we're going to plug this and thank you for this delicious bottle of secoto uh, tequila where can you find this uh we're in all the total wines total we're in a wine. number
1: of specs around houston okay um what I'll do is I'm, I'm working on a little map that's going to have some of the restaurants and some of the different nice. stores. I'll post it to LinkedIn, a little Google Maps link. Just click on it, and you can see your – but we are in all the all the Total Wines, uh, and I want to say 20 or so specs in the Houston okay. area. Dallas listeners, you can find us just about any – cocktail bar you go to so, um, so total big reception there. in Dallas. Okay. oh yeah the I brand's the ba- yeah brand's based out of Dallas. Oh, so those okay, guys nice. uh, pablo and josh have a great network oh shit there. i was just up there i should have got some hey man okay you can pretty much pop in anywhere and find us up there but yeah i'll uh, i'll be posting some info um about either drilling tools graphene or tequila soon so well you got something that interests everyone i'll in those, be around and <laughs> that's right in those buckets
0: <laughs> thanks for having me on absolutely man. i appreciate you coming on we'll talk to you soon thanks.